Hey everyone, welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast. I'm Kirsten Kirschbaum here with my best friend, Danielle. Hey everybody, great to be with you. We, as always, are super excited to bring our thoughts and feelings with you today. I'm especially excited because there have been quite a few of you who have been reaching out either personally through text message or, you know, private messages on social media. And even, you know, we look forward to comments on our, on our podcast and everything, you know, and just people really finding value with what is being said. And I wanted to actually start off today. Um, we, we got permission from this individual and wanted to share with you because it feels like this episode that we recorded a while back has been one of the most impactful episodes ever. And it's, it's really the thing that, uh, um, it brings up a lot of different feelings. So, uh, you know, we can talk about it, you know, here in just a minute, but I just want to read you guys, you know, what my, what one of our listeners had to say, they, they said, just a quick note to say, thank you. Uh, he wanted to, let us know that, you know, he actually hadn't listened to a lot of our episodes. It was just this one, this part of one of our episodes, but it was the one regarding demons and casting them out. He says, as a priesthood holder, I often forget the power and authority I have at my fingertips. He mentions that he has a son who seemed to really be struggling a lot. Um, and I, I, as a parent, I certainly see this, even in my own children, there's definitely times where I'm just kind of watching them, observing them. These are the little beings that we have created, right? So we know them, we know what they're made of, we know what their potential is. And, and he, you know, goes on to tell me that his son has really been like this for a while. And his son asked for a blessing. And he says, I reverted back to your thoughts that we shared on the podcast, right? And I was able to grant him that blessing and cast out the demons that have been holding him down. It was an experience like no other. In all the blessings I have been a part of, I have never felt what I did on this one. I was able to command the evil spirits to leave by the authority I have in the name of Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. As soon as I said those words, it left right through my hands, through my entire body, and out my head ascending above. This demon was holding on for dear life inside my son. He did not want to leave. I became speechless, heart racing, and tears streaming down my face. He goes on. You know, he, he could have ended with that and, and it, that would have been amazing enough, right? That's so incredible. And I'm so grateful that he has that power and authority. I mean, I, I don't really take much credit for it, but, you know, it, it still is special for him to be reminded that he has the priesthood, the power of God to act on this earth. But he goes on, he felt inspired to testify to me. And I want to share this with you as well. And this is truly I, I, I add my witness to his testimony. He says, Kirsten, I testify that God and Jesus Christ live. They walk each step with us every day. I testify that the priesthood restored on the earth is here to be used and used daily. That through that priesthood authority, miracles and blessings happen. And that the most important place to exercise the priesthood is within the walls of our own home. I truly thank you for your insight that day. I have my son back. 
his smile, his laughter, his joy, and most importantly, his light is shining again. Much love to you for reminding me that we can perform miracles every day, that through the hands of God, all things are possible. Wow. So amazing. I love hearing his testimony. It's very powerful. I've been really diving into the studies on Come Follow Me because I'm catching up because I didn't do for a little bit. And so now it's like every few days I'm studying a whole another lesson and I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. But what I'm noticing is how much it sticks out of how many times the Savior used the priesthood to cast out evil spirits and teaching his apostles how to do so. So it's, it is prevalent. And just, I love how your, you know, your friend shared that not only did he notice that his son was not normal, he wasn't his self and he was, um, sounds like he was kind of down and heavy that when he did the blessing that he felt that evil spirit holding on would not want to leave and that he, that the spirit had no choice with the priesthood. When you command it in the name of Jesus Christ to leave, it has no choice. It has to leave. And what faith it was for him to even perform that blessing and use that priesthood in the way that has been taught since, you know, the savior was here. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in awe of his testimony and I think it's, it reminded me when he, when he testified to me, see, he didn't just tell me about his son, right? Like I, I felt that to me, it was like really interesting. Like it, it was like the spirit of God was so strong in him that not only did he want to tell me about it, him and his son, but he wanted to testify to me. Like, like I needed to hear that, you know? And it was like a, it was like a, he reciprocated back, you know, like his witness and what a strength that is for me. My testimony isn't perfect all the time, right? Like there's all kinds of stuff that comes up and that I can think of, but, but the bearing of our testimonies in this pure and simple way is so profound. Yeah. It's interesting when we bear a testimony as well as kind of going on that subject, it, it strengthens us. I think I was, um, telling you guys, I was on the last podcast or I think it was the one before where I was saying how I was really struggling. And then I just turned our podcast on. I was like, Oh, that's my testimony. Like you just forget. And that's why I love journaling too, because I go back and read things in my journal. When I write things, when I'm in the mode, I'm like this, I know it's just like, it's so strong. And I feel like we need those, those journalings or recording ourselves or writing down our testimony just to remind ourselves that our spirits are really receiving that information and it knows it's true. And that at times it's just like, I feel like when we prepare for a test and you're like, yeah, I know this math equation, I've got it. And then you start studying other stuff and you go and you're like, I kind of forgot. How do I do that? I mean, I can't even remember how to do the quadratic formula. And at <laughs> one point I remember, I mean, I knew how to do it. I mean, I didn't use a calculator for the quadratic formula back in the day. And now yeah. I don't even know what the quadratic formula is. <laughs> I mean, I just, what about the Pythagorean theorem though? Right. I forgot that one too. But <laughs> so point being, we have to exercise this testimony all the time. If I wanted to keep remembering the quadratic, obviously I don't need the quadratic formula in order to balance my checkbook. So it doesn't, <laughs> but if we want this part of our daily life, just how important our testimony, writing it down and exercising it and practicing it 
Wow. Like what ways do we practice our testimony besides fast Sunday or, I mean, our journaling, I'm trying to think of other ways. How do we do it? Right, right. That is such an interesting concept. I honestly have never, I mean, of course I've thought of bearing your testimony makes it stronger and, you know, bearing your testimony is a good idea and it brings a spirit, but I've never thought of it like that. Of all the things, I mean, I have a college degree and all that crap I learned in college statistics and logistics and all the things, you know, I mean, I do believe that it makes me a better person, a a well-rounded person that, you know, has a general knowledge of how to learn and how to do things. But I don't remember those things. I mean, I could definitely be taught something completely contrary to, to some concept that I learned in college and probably take it as current truth. Because I have not been practicing those truths. This is an interesting concept of like how truths seem to change. Well, I don't know if truth changes. No, they don't. Yeah, they don't. But, they seem to, right. but they don't. No, you're right. Yeah. It's truths are eternal. It's us, our minds, our, our, our way of remembering things wavers. Right. Ooh, well, actually, this reminds me. Um, Last Sunday, I had a really, really good lesson in Relief Society. And the teacher, the basis of her discussion was there are truths with a capital T and there are truths with a lowercase t. And so on the board, we wrote down, you know, truths with a capital T, like, you know, the Book of Mormon is true and uh, temple ordinances are true. Baptism is true. Um, You know, prophets are true. And um, families are forever is true. You know, just different things like that, right? And also the law of gravity is true and, you know, whatever, right? And then we went through and talked about truths that are lowercase t. Like, I feel like wearing purple tomorrow. And I like my favorite cacao drink in the morning, you know, like, I don't know, like whatever, uh, different truths that are maybe true for you, but not true for someone else, or they're true right now, but it might change depending on, you know, whatever you feel like in the moment. And also related to the capital T truths and the lower, the lowercase truths are the ideas of, um, what was the word she used? It was like, Lowercase truths are, they could be policies of the church, right? Like policies can change, um, but like commandments or gospel, like principles, you know, don't, don't change. They're never, ever going to change. Those are capital T truths. And being, so the, so the point of this is she did such a great job. I love it when, pe- when teachers are like really good, you know, and you really like ingrain something in your brain. Because what I understood now is I have a system for looking at any truth, right? In the church or out of the church. And so I'm like, oh, is this a capital T truth or is this a lowercase truth? And lowercase truths, sometimes people in the church or out of the church um, will leave their testimonies. They will leave the gospel truths because of the policies of the church. Those are lowercase t's. So it doesn't mean that they have to agree with the lowercase t's or that, you know, all the things, right? But why would you sacrifice your capital T truth because of a lowercase T truth? The lowercase T truth does not negate the, tr- the capital T truth. And that for me was huge. I was like, oh my gosh, 
This is now the filter for which all of us can funnel things that we learn, stories that we hear, books that we read, uh, articles that are brought to our attention, you know, things like that, that were like, make us feel uncomfortable with the lowercase truth, right? Make us feel like question everything we've ever learned and rightfully so, actually. And we have to go back to the capital T truth and say, yes, and the priesthood of God is restored on the earth. The Book of Mormon is a revealed book of scripture of people who and prophets who lived on this continent. And in one other cool concept she, she taught us, I, I remember hearing at um, General, General Conference just this past time of the law of gravity and how the atonement is like you, you know, you decide to jump out of a plane with no parachute, right? And that's your choice. That's your choice. And the law of gravity must be fulfilled and justified. There's no way around it. You cannot change it. You cannot make a, a lowercase policy to get around it. It is truth. And the atonement is like the savior put a parachute on your back. And you didn't even, you didn't even know it. Like you just, you find out about it, but it's still your choice, right? To pull that ripcord and to use the atonement. So another concept she, she brought up around this is she, she also used that example of the law of gravity is a capital T truth. It is a truth. There is no way like you cannot change it. And just because someone figures out a higher law, the law of aerodynamics right? And flying in a plane. Because airplanes fly, does that make the law of gravity untrue? No, it doesn't. It's just a different law, right? It's a different way. And it was just, it was just a really cool way to like, again, think about different laws that are true and how God his ways are higher than our ways. His laws are higher than our laws. Do we even know what that means? His laws, we got, we don't even know. We're little babies learning these laws, you know? His laws are so much higher and so much more pure and powerful and amazing. And he gives us this beautiful opportunity to exercise the power of the priesthood. And we get to understand that one and the power of creation and, you know, the, the so many different powers and, and laws and truths that are revealed to us. And what a blessing it is to know that we can testify of these truths to each other. We can strengthen our testimony of these truths and just continue practicing, strengthening your understanding of these truths. That's what we're here to do. And don't let the lower T truths de deter you from continuing to practice and testify of the core laws and truths that have been set on our earth for our benefit, right? Yeah. So much, so much goodness here. <laughs> that, that's a, yeah, it sounds like a great way to look at everything too. It just kind of gives you like a structure with it, but also, I mean, it gives you a structure with it because it does challenge your faith. Like for example, when we're taught, we've talked on, some of these podcasts navigating evil spirits and we talk about how they live and where they, that they exist. And for some of you that maybe that may be a newer concept, even though it's not really new because you knew it in the Bible, but maybe it's new to you and you're like in context of your life right this second. But does that make it 
untrue. No, it doesn't. But I'm just saying part of it, like when it takes a leap of faith, like when, you know, I was thinking about something in particular. So one of my um, uh, friends here in this, in my ward here in San Diego, they, um, they served a mission in one of the areas that has like the highest rate for producing anti um, LDS literature. (laughs) And he said that it was a very rough mission because he actually served in a town where one of the um, the publishers like existed and they said just there was so much you know content against the church there and at one point this kind of goes on to that little t is which is the policies right so he has a strong testimony right your capital t are truths or sorry a testimony of capital t truths in the gospel it's true So your faith has to come into play when you get challenged in things that you're just not sure about, like jumping out of an airplane. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to land. And there are higher laws that we just don't understand, like how it is that God knows each of us individually. Like, how do you know every hair on my head? Like, why, if you have so many kids, how do you care about me so much? You know, there's all these like things that we just don't understand his realm. So it's a faith thing, right? So back on, um, so this was, I mean, his mission um, was about 30 years ago. But anyway, during his mission, somebody came up to him that they were, they contacted and said something about, you know, how false the church is because back in the 70s, when they changed the policy against blacks or for blacks having the priesthood, and he said, your church was manipulating the fact that there was a big um, repercussion they were going to have to face um, for not allowing blacks to have the priesthood. And there was a tax something. He was like making up like these things. And I remember my friend, I was kind of like, gosh, what do you say? I didn't know that. I didn't know all the ins and outs of why the church, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and he looked at the guy and he said, huh, No, he said his companion, his companion said it. His companion looked at the guy and he goes, well, if you were God and this was his church, wouldn't you make a timely decision like this? And he said, the guy just kind of like stopped and went, oh, I guess I don't know what to say to that. That there was a timely decision that God had made with this policy change, whether we understand all the reasons and all the things that had happened through time with the priesthood coming about, it didn't matter. It was just like that. It was all about faith. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm kind of not really making a lot of sense with it because I'm not replaying his story, not retelling his story very well. Tell the part again, if you were God and this was your church, then go through that part again. And you knew that some changes needed to be made in a timely manner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you direct your church to make the changes? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how did that make him feel? It just gave him more strength in his testimony in the capital T things rather than trying to understand all the little things. Because that is something. I don't want to get into a whole rabbit hole with it, but it is something I haven't really understood of the priesthood. And so one thing I, again, I'm going to go back to the lesson that I learned last Sunday. It was such a profound lesson. Um, 
she said, she reminded us, and I think we've been taught this recently, that we, um, the, the prophet of our time is the prophet who we follow, who we know is leading and guiding the church for our day. And so one thing that I think is really, really difficult for us, and I think we talked a lot about context on our last pod. <clears throat> one thing that is extremely difficult is we actually don't fully understand what it was like to live 200 years ago. The, the nuances, the, you know, the, the policies, the culture, the, all, the language, you know, all of the things, right? We really don't know. Just like the prophet Joseph Smith. I mean, can you imagine if he lived in our day, like 2019? I mean, you know, capital T truths are capital T truths, right? Like goodness and mercy and the laws of God and all that. But like the policies and like the, the way of running things, culture, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's like, it's like when somebody in our day looks back and they're like, oh my gosh, like polygamy. Like, I can't believe it. Polygamy. What the heck? And I'm like, you know, yeah. Like for our day, like it is, it is not, that does not seem okay. Like under any circumstances, do I want to live that law? Do I want that law to be brought back into our world? However, if you look in the Bible and you look at like even cultures currently like in Africa, I met a woman recently on a plane who's from a huge tribe in Africa and yeah, her dad has like 10 wives and that's what they do. Again, that's not what this podcast is about. Okay. I'm just using it as an example of culture and understanding and norms that you don't get the right to judge what it was like then and then decide, you know, like what that means for you today. It's actually one of my least favorite things about like journalism and history and things like that. Cause I think there's lessons to be learned from history. Definitely. There's capital T truths and patterns to pay attention to. And at the same time, there's so much judgment. I mean, my goodness, like we have enough judgment of ourselves in our current day, let alone going back, you know, a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, however many years, 2000 years ago, you know, we don't really understand. Even when I read um, for the come follow me, I read in the Bible and I pay attention to some of the norms, the cultural norms of the day when Christ was walking on the earth. And, you know, like I get it, but I, but I almost don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, how could I get it? How, how do you know what it was like to live then, you know, with no electricity, with completely, it's almost like a, it's like a different frequency on the planet that we're absorbing, you know? And so there's just so much to be learned. And again, it goes back to what we're talking about, the lowercase t truths, you know, yeah, those things are true for that time for sure. And I'm not even trying to make excuses for how things were or weren't. And, but for us to get so fired up about policies that happened then and use it as a justification for leaving the capital T truths that we know that have guided us and our families for generations, might I say, how dare we? That's how I really feel about it. That's good thought. That's soapbox for you, girl. You know, you know, I just had a couple thoughts on that. I just, I really like putting it into, like we keep saying context for some reason for the last like four pods, but really putting things into perspective 
And if we look at, let's just say in a hundred years from now, eating meat is completely like not even, it's non-existence and people are just like, like almost makes them sick to think you would eat an animal. And, and then they look at our history and like, oh my gosh, they were so blood hungry or whatever. I mean, they would judge like us when we go get a hamburger or whatever. And like, it's no big deal because it, in our culture, it's not. But right. you never know. It might be a huge, disgusting deal to people one day in our life, and maybe not our life in 100 years, but in them looking back on us as just like massive carnivores and like. That is such a good example. Dude, you are full of good examples today. Like, that is a perfect example. So, because we ate meat today, and because in our church, we serve meat in our, you know, like if we have like a party or something, you know, yeah, we have some chili with some meat or whatever. Does that mean that the capital T truths of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ that we live and practice are then there's no way that they could ever be true because they ate meat. It is. That's totally the same thing. That's exactly what you're saying. Looking back 50 years ago, 200 years ago to something that happened, some way that somebody was, some way that something that was written, something that was practiced, right? It's just people that are living in a fallen world trying to make the best of their situation. Right. I mean, there's cultural perspective that we have to look at. So really we look at even while we're reading the Bible, but what are those capital T truths and gaining a testimony and strengthening that and having faith and exercising that trust, that faith in the capital T truths while you're trying to navigate the lowercase. I really think that's a good, good structure to put it in. So those capital T truths are Christ, that he's real. They right. say he's not just a man or a prophet. He's a, a savior. He is the savior that we can have hope in through his atonement. Right. The church is being, that has been restored that he runs with imperfect men, allowing them to make mistakes and learn and let us make, learn from their mistakes and us make mistakes and learn, you know, so that he runs this church and it's, it bears his name. It's really his church. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you ask like, you know, the, the capital T truths, I go back to the articles of faith, like first faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? That's first. Second is repentance. It's the gift of repentance. It's not like, Oh, you, you're so bad. So you got to fix yourself. No, it's the gift of turning, turning and learning, right? Um, being baptized into his church in his name, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. I mean, that's, that's the gateway. That's what it is. And so for some of us, just going back to that baptism and that process of repentance and really allowing that to guide us and allowing that to be enough, right? And I think remembering, too, that this is the Lord's church. He wants and needs you and I to be there, to participate in the ordinances of the sacrament and to be to bring more light. We are we we there's scriptures where we learn that we are the body of Christ, right? We are his eyes and hands and ears and feet and when we choose because of a lowercase t policy that we don't like to stop participating in the weekly worship service and in the gathering of 
his children we're taking light away from that body of Christ. We could, cause, cause I've thought to myself, honestly, why do I need to go to church? Like, can I just go and take the sacrament and then leave? Like, I don't, I'm just doing that for me. I mean, this is my relationship with the savior. And you know, there's some days where I want to do that. I'll be honest. Yeah. That's kind of what I feel like doing. And then I remember that first of all, it's not about me, um, that I do want to know Christ and be like Christ and, and, ask myself, what would he do? And he would go and serve and bring light into a community that needs more light. This church is, it's the church of the people. It's not perfect. It's full of all of us who are just trying to do our best. And if you ever find yourself feeling like, well, I don't need to go and I don't, they don't need me there, or I don't get anything out of that. Maybe turn it around and ask, what value can I bring? to that body of Christ, because he's very clear when he outlines, you know, the process of, of coming unto him, this, the sacrament and being a part of in unity, right? All things gathered together in Christ. And um, to me, those are reasons why I continually choose to show up at church and serve, you know, in my callings and try to just bring the light each week if I can. <laughs> Yeah, strengthening our testimony of the main truths mm -hmm. and then focusing on other people while we're there really helps you. I think it just helps you get, it helps you get closer to God. I just read a scripture and um, I think it was in Mark that, you know, asking, you know, asking you shall receive, knock and it'll be opened up unto you. And I just, I think there's, that's just a matter of belief if we have questions on these lowercase teeth, you know, items, lowercase truth policies or things that people do in the church or things that someone offends in the church, then yeah, great. I think ask the Lord about it, go to him about it. And I think maybe on this next pod, we can talk a little bit more about discerning the discerning of spirits. Like how do we know when it does come from the Lord? How do we know when it does come from you know, evil because evil is really, really manipulative too. So, so I think that just have humility. I don't know. That's the one that thing comes to my mind the most humility and the atonement, like taking things through repentance is an, a really, really good way to stay close to the Lord so that you know that you're being guided by him and that your testimony is being strengthened, strengthened in the atonement. Yeah. And also like we kind of started out this pod talking about practicing your testimony, practice your, you know, like I jokingly said, the Pythagorean theorem, like when's the, like, is your testimony about as relevant and, and forefront in your mind to you as the Pythagorean theorem? Like, are, you know, is there some re reviewing that needs to happen there? Um, like you said, and that starts with, with, you know, having humility and going back to that. So that, that would be my admonition to you today would be practice your testimony. Think of the things that you do know are true and then share it with someone else. Share, you know, just with your mom or your, your spouse or your siblings or your friend or share your testimony this week with somebody and, and see how the Lord can then strengthen that testimony and bring it back to the forefront of your mind. And it's like we learn that all things are added line upon line 
precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. That is how we are learning and experiencing this world. So if your line, like your line upon line has kind of gone backwards a little bit because you haven't been adding to it, which is fine. Don't have judgment. Satan wants you to look at yourself and, and you know, beat yourself up over it. That's not what the Lord's doing. He said, hey, turn back. Let's add some more to your lines. And one of the great ways for you to do that is to practice refreshing your testimony and share that testimony with someone, anyone. You'll know the person too. If you ask the Lord, Lord, I want to share my testimony with someone, you'll know the exact person and the exact time. And you will feel the spirit so strong. I can feel it. Even now, as I'm telling you this, I know you will have a moment where the spirit will witness to you. See, I am with you. Let's, let's bear our testimony together. Let's do this. It'll be fun. I get giddy when I get to, when I feel in alignment with the spirit, like all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my gosh, the spirit spoke to me and I heard it and I'm doing it. Whoa. I'm doing this. Oh my goodness. Like I'm okay. You know, <laughs> other times I have no clue if I'm okay. But in those moments, I'm like, I'm okay. I really am. I'm going to keep going. So I encourage you guys to keep going, practice your testimony this week. And we really look forward to having you guys uh, on with us next week as well. Thank you. Thanks everybody. Bye.